Hey, it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris. And Marty. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Roughhouse Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 351, recording date December 10, 2023. Hello, I am Marty. Hey, I'm Christoph, and uh, we're over that 350 hump. It's all downhill from here, guys. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, we're just on the back half to 700. Yeah, that's, we're just coasting. That's coast where we are. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Brother. <laughs> Wait, you don't want to do another six years of these? <laughs> I'm not sure how sustainable this is, my guy. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, considering the way wrestling has been in the years since we've started doing this, I mean, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Uh, it's it's just going to be a mess. Yeah, Tony Khan will sell to Endeavor by 2026, and then it's, you know. All downhill from there. All, it's all just... I will have a funny Endeavor note. If, okay. I don't know if you heard. Oh, about the Impact Plus? Yes. Yes. Yeah, oh, I did. By the way, I'm Marty. Yeah, no, we got that. They got oh, that. Oh, we did? We yeah, did. we did. Okay. We did that. I, I couldn't remember if we did that. I got gotcha. you. Um, anyway, uh, yes. Uh, in, Endeavor is the provider of the back end of the new version of the TNA streaming service. Hysterical. So weird. So, so weird. Hey, man, it's a... Uh, it's, uh, uh, an era of media consolidation. So, yeah, you know. I, I guess we are just, you know, uh, a heartbeat away from TKO owning TNA also, you know, and if SmackDown ends up being on uh Turner stations then it's, it gets even weirder. Yeah. 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 Well, deals yet to be announced unless I'm totally missed that. No, or they haven't announced it yet. I, I will say that uh, the word from insiders is it's not Warner Brothers Discovery who's getting okay. at Raw because uh, USA oh, is Raw. getting SmackDown. That's right. Weirdly Whatever enough, they're taking SmackDown, but they're not going to have Raw anymore. Which is weird because Raw, aside from those, the TNN years, has been pretty uh, consistently for the past 30 plus years on USA Network. Yeah. Like the. I, when I think of the USA Network, and granted, maybe it's because I'm a pro wrestling fan, but I think of Monday Night Raw and that, Silk Stockings and, and Murder She Wrote reruns, like those and are the Walker the Texas Ranger lead-ins, yeah. and yes. what was the uh, what was the cop uh, bike uh, oh, beach uh, Pacific Blue Pacific Blue, yeah, or, those or guys Pac Blue as it got called, yeah, Bird Notice yeah. and uh, La Femme know, Nikita, La Femme Nikita, yes, yes, mm-hmm. wow, so, like it's funny, you know, people like you know what was the uh, the theme song for Raw when you were you know first got into wrestling? The more interesting question was what was the lead in and what followed <laughs> Raw uh, when you first started getting into wrestling? Yeah, because I think it was. Uh, uh, murder she wrote because that was also I think the um the intro in the primetime wrestling days too. Mm, okay, I definitely remember watching um though not as vividly as I remember watching Raw after. Yeah, 
I think after that was like Monday night fights or something like that. I feel like they had a boxing show that was on after. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Walker, Texas Ranger and silk stockings mostly. Oh yeah. Those, those were definitely, uh, the, the key ones. Also, I remember very vividly, uh, during the end credits of murder, she wrote, cause I don't mm-hmm. think this was a thing during like the, the attitude era, but, uh, during the credits of murder, she wrote, there was always a voiceover of like Vince McMahon going Monday night raw coming up next, you know, Just <laughs> as, as the murder, she wrote theme plays in the background. Fantastic. That, that's something they don't have anymore. The, the person, hyping the next show during yeah. the credits of the prior show. It's well, not it's really you know, it's if you didn't have your TV guide, you wouldn't know what was next back then. You know what? That's true. That's and true. now yeah. you just click the info button and you see what's coming up for the next two weeks. Yeah. And provided, of course, you actually have normal television. Otherwise, you know exactly what you're going to watch because you've selected it. Well, yes, because most of it's washed on demand. Yeah. Very true. Um, let's hit that button. The World Wrestling Federation. So, Chris, um, in terms of WWE, we -hmm. are in that weird malaise between Survivor Series and Royal Rumble. Yeah, the end of year doldrums, as we always call them. Yeah, I I don't think there's a December pay-per-view. So they're just kind of filling time. You know, people are declaring for the Rumble and all that fun stuff. Uh, I don't think the rumbles to like the end of January. So it's yeah. going to be slim pickings for a few weeks. But uh, the, the big story this week was where is CM Punk going to land? Uh, of course he returned in jail. <laughs> Maybe, uh, but uh, he returned at survivor series. He was on last week's raw this week's raw. No CM Punk to be seen anywhere at all. Uh, He was, however, the main event segment for the Tribute to the Troops episode of SmackDown this past Friday. Hmm. Um, He had 12 minutes in the ring, just cutting a promo about everybody who could possibly face. And uh, this fun soundbite happened as he was talking about Kevin Owens. And I don't know who would feel comfortable working with somebody who randomly just punches people in the face backstage. Sir. Sir, I mean, it's 2023, ladies and gentlemen. You just can't be doing stuff like that. That's insane. Come on. And as you can hear, that joke absolutely killed. Yeah, well, I couldn't tell if the audio cut out or it was just zero reaction. Uh, no reaction. I, I mean, I, I, I faded it out, but still. Um, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty bad. Uh, especially considering... Owens is really tight with the Bucks. Well, yeah, yeah, the Mount Rushmore professional wrestling. Yes, um, yeah. So he did that. He talked about uh, possibly going against Roman Reigns. He talked about possibly mixing it up with Cody Rhodes. But he also took the time to mention, "Hey, you know what? I've been offered a contract to be on Monday Night Raw. I was offered because there was a segment earlier on the show uh, a contract to be on SmackDown. Hey, right. maybe I'll be a part of NXT." Right, which he showed up to last night, I saw. Yes, uh, the NXT uh, Dateline, Deadline, which one is it? Dateline. Dateline, NXT. Deadline. Where Shawn Michaels creeps on young pogs. Yes. uh, So Michaels came out at the top of the show 
Uh, he did sort of the old uh, Triple H NXT show rah-rah speech. Mm-hmm. Felt the personality hits and out comes CM Punk, who is wearing a Brett the Hitman Hart hoodie. Now, was this a uh, a hoodie officially licensed by the WWE, a vintage one, or was this a uh, pro wrestling tee situation? Uh, uh, kind of to the left of both. It was a uh, Roots of Fight. Uh, which is uh, a brand that makes like vintage style boxing and other okay. sports shirts. Bret Hart has a line through that. A lot of times you'll see FTR wearing some sure, of that stuff. Sure. Uh, but yeah, he was wearing that and uh, they had a little joking back and forth about, you know, oh, uh, sorry, I'm I'm wearing a, a Bret Hart hoodie. And Sean's like, oh, well, it's okay. We're cool now. And he's like, I understand weird things like that are happening. Me and Triple H are buddies now. And yeah, that that that's how they chose to open the show, folks. I feel like we're getting really meta here. Uh, yes, yes, it, and that, I also feel that's my problem. Yeah, well, I know you hate that yeah. as as a general rule. Um, a little too winky to the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I feel like circle back to the joke bombing on what was it SmackDown or whatever? Yes, SmackDown on Friday. I feel like. The people who were, you know, are in the WWE universe. Yes. Those people are in the WWE. They live in the WWE universe. And they just didn't get it. No. They had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. No. It, it, It is a reference to a niche of a niche. Right. And I mean, I guess that's sort of, you know, a problem for AEW. Because if it were the opposite way around... I would guarantee that if if he had made that promo in AEW about something that happened in WWE behind the scenes, it 100% would have gotten a reaction. That's true. That's because true. AEW fans are a lot more tuned in. Yeah, they're, to, they're more on the inside of things. Yeah, which again, to the better or worse of AEW's status in the industry is is what it is. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that a little bit when when we talk about Collision, because there was a moment during the Andrade-Brian Danielson match last night uh, that was, in my mind, a little too winky, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, I who in their right mind would even think that Punk would be going to NXT? Like, I, I mean... I guess it's a nice fun thing for the crowd who is there live. He's oh, just doing the return tour. I mean, I can't yeah. imagine him popping back up in NXT in any kind of physical capacity. Oh. Um, you know, unless it was a favor or a punishment <laughs> sort fair, of thing, fair. Uh, which, you know, the favor side could definitely happen. I mean, if Undertaker can show up for NXT, CM Punk could show up for NXT. That's true. Ugh. Uh, I'm just still waiting for the debut in NXT of um, All Elite Scooby-Doo. I mean, you know, we have the intro in the can already, so. Yeah, we we, we need him. We need him to pop up. Um, You know, he'd be a hell of a get. Maybe they could have him in the front row of an NXT pay-per-view. That's right. The world that they got him. Although, I guess he couldn't be All Elite Scooby-Doo. Would it be Titan Scooby-Doo? Like, what would be the the move? Um, Future Endeavor (laughs) Scooby-Doo. I'm for it. I'm for it. <laughs> uh, so yes, the deadline show was uh, last night. Um, really the things people are talking about are weirdly enough, the kickoff show match that was between Axiom and Nathan Frazier. Uh, there Axiom's was a guy who stole Razor Hawks gimmick, right? <laughs> yes. For, for better or worse. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Um, also, Dragon Lee is now the NXT North American champion, having, beat a domi- having beaten uh, Dominic Mysterio. He was okay. the last-minute replacement for Wes Lee, uh-huh. who had to pull out of the match on Tuesday night because his back's all fucked up, and he's going to be out four to eight months with back surgery. They couldn't call Wes more to uh, to no, sub they in there. No, no, Wes, was trying to get that stadium deal done. Yeah, he he was a little preoccupied this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think the uh, Angelos would have taken that as you know not yeah. not a positive sign that he's going off and trying to beat up Rey Mysterio's kid. Hey, you know I get it. For our non uh, Marylanders, uh, that's the governor of Maryland at the moment. Yes. So yes, and he's currently tr- setting up a not that great deal uh, for the <laughs> Orioles to stay in Maryland. More crucially. Months after saying they've reached a deal. <laughs> yeah, man, that's uh, that's not a good look for either the Orioles nor Mr. Moore. Yeah, right right during the playoffs, they're like, hey, we got it. We, 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 we've we agreed they're going to be sticking around. And now yeah. it's like they're negotiating in December and the Angelos want a 10-year clause. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's not great. Just fucking sign it, you twats. Yeah. Not, well, you know... The the problem I think is the state of Maryland isn't bending over and going, here's billions of dollars for a new stadium for some reason. Why why would you want a new fucking stadium? It is still the most beautiful stadium in Major League Baseball, you fucking idiots. But the athletics have a new stadium, or they're going to get one when they go to Vegas. We deserve one, too. We want the money. No. That's that's not no. I mean, first of all, they've been playing in the Coliseum, which is a fucking dump. Um, so you know, fucking hell, man. Hey, Come on. I'll have you know that section where the Possum family took over <laughs> at the Athletic Stadium. That is premium seating. Hey, it's hard to not be romantic about baseball. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, elsewhere on Deadline, they were doing their their weird uh, Iron Survivor matches and all that other shit. What it, is that? Uh, it, it's very similar to, do you remember, oh God, what did they call it? Uh, the championship countdown? What, whatever the thing was, where it was a six man where like you get pinned and you're technically, or someone gets pinned and you're technically the champion until you get pinned and the match goes so many minutes, whatever the fuck that was called. It ended up with Brian Kendrick being WWE world champion for like three minutes. I don't remember that at all, but okay. Uh, basically cool. they, they did that, but with a whole bunch of names that sound like I made them up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The NXT name generator working overtime. <laughs> Very much so. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just read it down. Uh, the women's Iron Survivor match, uh, Fallon Henley, Tiffany Stratton, <laughs> Last Legend, Kehlani Jordan, and of course, Blair Davenport, who won. That's a former uh, B Priestley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I and forgot the, she was employed by WWE. Good for yeah, her, I guess. Yeah. Uh, then the Iron Survivor Challenge for the men was uh, Trick Williams, Braun Breaker, Dijak, Josh Briggs, and Tyler Bate. few more names that you know in there. What are they ever going to fucking do anything with Braun Breaker? Why is he just like middling in NXT for so long? I felt well, he was ready a while ago. He's a heel now. So he had his face running. I guess he got to do his heel <laughs> run. Uh, I mean, uh, sure. Yeah. It's, it's what it is. It's what it is. But the main event was uh, for the NXT championship. Ila Dragunov, who is currently the NXT champion. Would you like to guess who he defended against, Chris? Um, He's okay. Um, No, I would not. I don't fucking know who's in NXT, my guy. <laughs> 
Well, I think you're going to love this. Uh, it was Baron Corbin. Oh, dear God, no. Yes, Baron, <laughs> Baron Corbin, who also got, uh, you know, the NXT pay-per-view big-time entrance. He came out wearing like a leather duster riding a motorcycle. So basically, he was American Badass Undertaker for a night. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's nothing about Baron Corbin that screams badass in any way. Um I mean, I would describe him as both bad and an ass. He's so certainly an ass. He, 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 you know, just put him together. He's a badass. If right? there's one redeeming thing about Baron Corbin, mm-hmm. it's that he cooks a lot of big steaks on his Instagram, which <laughs> if you want to get me to, to watch a reel or an Instagram story or something, you put a big hunk of uh, meat on there and grill it up and I'm fucking watching it. My guy, <laughs> that is, that is uh, my, my feet is over overwhelmed with that. That that's fair. That's just meat. Fair. It's just meat everywhere. Let's go ahead and put it in my mouth. Oh, what's happening in, oh, that's right. The world tag league finals were this morning. Yes. The world tag league finals happened this morning. And, uh, well, the- hold on. Let me see if I remember the, the finals for the tournament were Bishamon, Yoshihashi and, um, Hiroki Goto mm-hmm. against El Phantasmo and Hikaleo, right? That is correct. Well I, done. I picked El Phantasmo and Hikaleo to win. Am I correct? No, you're not. Bishamon Fucking won. Hell. Again? And then, and then in a bit that is just nonsensical to me, but maybe I'm missing something. They decided that at wrestle kingdom, they want to defend both the IWGP heavyweight, but also the new Japan strong tag titles. Cause they have both right now against El Phantasmo and Hikaleo, <laughs> who they just beat moments ago. <laughs> That's pretty stupid. I mean, I guess I understand it. Like this is the same sort of logic that had me take algebra one again, in my freshman year of high school after taking it in middle school. Sure. You, you already know what to do. Well, you no, I, do it I, again. Well, that I understand. My, my issue is if you're going to run that match back at Wrestle Kingdom, why not have fucking El Fantasma and Hikaleo win today? Well, you know, that would involve them winning and uh, we can't have that. They won enough to make it to the finals of the tournament. Did they not? Uh, they did. And actually they had more points than uh, Goto and Yoshihashi. They had 10 to their nine. So, I mean, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Come on, Gato. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Well, that that uh, will be on the Wrestle Kingdom card, which I, I have to say, not the most um, you <laughs> not, know, not really uh, Wrestle Kingdom not card. Not really lining up the dynamite matches here, no pun intended. Uh, no, no. So Wrestle Kingdom 18, which will be on uh, January 4th. Uh, as it is. As uh, is tradition. Yes. Uh, one night show. No more two nights for that. Thankfully. We've got uh, Shingo Takagi defending the Never Openweight Championship against Tamatanga. Poor Shingo. Hiromo Takahashi defending the junior heavyweight title against El Desperado. Should be good, but we've seen sure, it. I've seen it a bunch, yeah. Uh, the Bullet Club War Dogs of Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney defending the IWGP junior heavyweight tag titles against Catch 22 of TJP and Francisco Akira. Okay. It's a TJP match, so mm-hmm. I get excited about that. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, Bishimon against uh, Hikaleo and El Feltasmo, as just mentioned. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defending the New Japan World Television title against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Okay. Forgot that title existed, but that's yeah. cool. Um, uh, but again, that's a match we've seen a bunch. Yeah. Um, and I'm double checking. Well, Okada and Danielson, obviously. Yes. Um, Did you say that? 
Uh, yes, Okada and Danielson. That was next. I felt like for some reason we've already had Zack Sabre Jr. against Hiroshi Tanahashi at the Dome, but it wasn't last year, so maybe it was. Before. I mean, I know they've. I, I remember. Uh, maybe I'm just thinking of G1 matchups, um, you know, of, or yeah. other matches with them. Uh, but I remember there was a series a couple years ago where they went back and forth for the summer or something. Right. Um, right. But and, and I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. But. Sure. Yeah. Is it new, exciting, that sort of thing? Not really. No. And do you really want, you know, the barely walking Hiroshi Tanahashi to come out with the, the, the TV title? I mean, the thing that's good <laughs> is working in a ZSJ match. You can just stay on the mat and not really have to move around too much. ZSJ will do all the moving around him. Well, yeah, but then his knees are going to be even more mangled at the end of the match. There. And considering it's a dome, I'm sure we'll do like a high fly flow to the floor for of no discernible reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, IWGP US heavyweight title, UK heavyweight title, whatever you want to call it, whatever this extra belt's going to be. Uh, Will Ospreay defending against John Moxley and David Finley in a triple oh, yeah. threat. Um, Wonder who's winning that one. Maybe yeah, the one no. guy who's going to be in New Japan next year. Right, right. Uh, Danielson, Okada, and then the main event for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Sonata defending against Tatsuya Naito. Yeah. 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 I know we have over the years really liked Sonata a lot. He's a proficiently sound wrestler. When he wants to be. Yeah, he's the Randy Orton. Yes. When he wants to turn it on, he can be one of the best. But, you know, half the time, Jungle Boy match included, he's just fucking phoning it yeah. in. He's just there. He's just doing a thing. He's just one of five guys. That's who he is. Um, yeah, I, I can't really get excited about it because you have – Sonata, who won the title, I feel like probably a year or two too late. Yeah. Who's had a run that has inspired nothing. And it's it's crazy to think that evil had a world title run before Sonata. Right. Right. Because evil is everything. Oh, (laughs) I thought everything was evil. I guess I'm wrong. (laughs) Uh, And then you have Naito, who also won a little late. Won it late and is yeah. definitely probably a year or two too ripe to be main eventing the Tokyo Dome. Right. Yeah. I mean, but again, you know, what's the, they, they I feel like they got the maturity level on their last batch of young lions took a little longer to ripen, I guess. I guess the pandemic slowed everything down. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely um, slowed everything down. But to that point, looking at that card, you have, what they're calling the new three musketeers. They're saying that these are the three guys we're building around and Yoda Suji, Shooter Amino and uh, Ren Narita. None of them are on the card. Exactly. At least right now there was an sure. angle. I mean, there's a couple more weeks ago. Yeah. There was an angle during one of the, the shows uh, this week where Ren Narita turned on Shooter and you know, they'll have a thing. Right. Um, yeah. He joined uh, house of torture. torture. Yeah. Which, yeah. There goes Red Narita having good matches. I, I was going to say the same fucking thing. Like, you just signed your death warrant, kid. Yeah. Sorry, bud. You now get to live in the world where Dick Toto chokes people for you. Uh, um, I'll have one dick to go, please. Yes. Yes. Man, Dick Togo. Th- this is a, this is a side <laughs> thing. Dick Togo from, like, the mid-90s to, like, 2010s was a fucking awesome wrestler. Yeah. So when he came into New Japan, I was like, fuck yeah, Dick Togo's going to come in. He's going to whoop ass. He's going to have his kick-ass uh, senton that he does. Nope. Fucking nothing, man. He's, he is subpar Jado at this point. Not not Gato, Jado. 
Yeah. I'm sorry about your loss uh, on your dick to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, they have talented people. There, Very talented people. But, you know, I feel like it's it's the same 10 people. <laughs> Just roll the dice and see who we're shuffling them up with now. Right. And now that you have these new, you know, there is some new talent. I mean, like, you know, Clark Connors has come up and um, uh, what's the other? Uh, Alex well, Coughlin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the, the three, uh, the three young lions of, of Japanese origin, you know, yeah. Narita, Umino and, and Suji, yeah. you know, and Suji's in LIJ, like, mm-hmm. how is he not in a major angle at this point? Right, right. Like Suji also feels the most like a star. Yeah, like, no, he's mass. He's got the build. He's got the look. He's got the moves. Like, yeah, it's all, like it's you all can't there. You take your eyes off of him. He right. is. And he also stands out visually among everyone in New Japan, not just because he's tall, but like, you know, the long hair, the crazy eyes, the beard, like it's a great look. It's a great look. It's very different from anyone else in sort of the top scene right now. Yeah. And he's proven that a, he can be a draw. Cause I feel like him and Sonata, when they had their world title match, I drew pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Him and Will Ospreay drew pretty well. He could deliver in the ring too. Him and Osprey absolutely fucking ruled. And yeah. instead, we are wondering if he's even going to be on the show. Right. Like, why not put him in the TV title match with ZSJ? Right. Like, right. That seems like a very interesting matchup on paper. Yeah. Now, maybe they'll do Shoto Amino and Ren Narita in like some sort of grudge match. But now you have the weight of House of Torture on it. Right. And then also you have to have one of them take the L as opposed to having one of the newer guys fight one of the older guys and have one of the older guys put them over. Yeah. God, maybe that's the theory. You know, if, if the house of torture cause Amino to lose, does he really lose? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. In the record books, he does. I'm just saying that feels like such a, you know, booking trope of, well, if he's got to lose, we have to keep him strong by having him lose due to interference. And no, but still the word lose is in there. So he's lost. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, and it hurts the stock. It's a bummer, especially because with Osprey leaving. Yeah. You know, for a guy who was the random junior heavyweight foreigner, he's become such a pillar, especially in the last year of new Japan pro wrestling. That sure. I don't think it's going to be Finley who's going to fit in that spot. No, no. I mean, they may try, but uh, it ain't going to, it ain't going to, it ain't going to catch uh, yeah. as is. I like, what do you think Kenny Omega thinks about this? He's like, man, you know, I built this up for Gaijins and I had all these uh, foreigners come in and it was great. I, I set it up for Jay White, set it up for Will Ospreay. Now they both signed to AEW and New Japan is just like, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think he probably looks at it and goes, ah, my paycheck's very nice right now. I think that's what he does. <laughs> that's fair. That's I'm fair. just saying his paycheck's good enough that he's like, yeah, I'll fight Ethan Page. Fuck it. <laughs> and with that, let's hit uh, this other <laughs> button. <laughs> okay. The Battle of Canada. Yes, AEW was in Canada this week. They actually taped Collision on Tuesday night. So, uh, Continuity wise, things were a little weird because the yeah. live crowd got to see uh, the main event of Collision where Danielson got fucked up pretty badly by Andrade. And then he was fresh as a fiddle for his rampage match against Daniel <laughs> Garcia the next night. 
because of course happened in the other order. Yeah. Continuity. Um, The continental classic continues on some very, very good matches in ring this week. Dynamite this week for me, kind of a mixed bag. Okay. Uh, After a few weeks, I was like, yeah, you know, dynamite's really getting into a groove this week. Though the continental classic continued to deliver. There's some other stuff I didn't really love, um, but it started very strong. John Moxley and Roosh, two boy, old league action. Uh, those boys came to fuck each other up and fuck each other up. They did. I rarely see John Moxley sell a chop. <laughs> I, he didn't have any choice. Yeah. <laughs> he yes. tried to be a badass and not sell it, but some of those overhand uh, chops, and it was funny to try to watch Mox try and do the overhand like luchador style chop and just not hit. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have the, that experience with that, but Roosh can chop in both ways, the, the knife yeah. edge and the overhand. And he was fucking Mox up. Yes. It was great. Uh, also, there was that uh, over the head belly to belly where I think the guardrail was supposed to catch more of John than yes. he did. Yeah. As he went right on top of his head. Yeah. Um, they also had a, a nice little bit of brawling in the crowd. So, yeah. Uh, Roosh got to show how good he is at brawling. Roosh is definitely a guy whose stock has been raised significantly. Absolutely. In this tournament. Uh, but unfortunately, he ate the loss getting choked out. Um, so he's a flash only a, choke. Yes. The flash choke. I did enjoy his post match. What do you mean? I got choked out response <laughs> yeah. uh, as if his consciousness ended that quickly, but came back up as quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's the Lucha Libre style right there. Yes. Um, I will say the, I think the MVP, the one who just deserves <clears throat> the gold star for this match, um, is whoever was directing in the truck, uh, especially during the, um, you know, the brawling in the crowd segments to not show the completely empty other side of the, st- <laughs> of the arena. That's uh, yeah. quite the feat. Well done. Yeah, Gold very, star to you. Very, very well done. I, I did notice uh, Mox's shirt this week, which I, I'm pretty sure he's making all of them himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It said, fuck the hard cam. It did. So, it uh, did. I don't know if that's a little, little uh, uh, twist of the knife to all the people on the internet who seem to obsess with the hard cam side right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was that was clever. Anyway, uh, Moxley won, uh, so well, he continues on strongly. In yeah, the he's undefeated here in the in the Continental Classic. Uh, there was a side thing, and I think it was from this week. Uh, mm-hmm. This blurb from Moxley. Uh, it might have been from last week, and it's just now popping in my head. He was talking mm-hmm. with uh, his lovely wife Renee on uh, the sessions, um, talking about how. Uh, he's never seen so much backstage bullshit in his life than he's seen in AEW, which if you're having John Moxley say this in public, then yeah, that's not great. definitely some issues back there that need to be ironed out. It, it, it's, it's weird, man. Like, okay. The punk stuff kind of figure like, all right, well, the infection's gone. Once you push out the pus, right? One would think. But then there was this whole thing this week where Kevin Sullivan, not that Kevin Sullivan, but the other Kevin Sullivan, who was like, you know, video guy for TNA for years. And he was part of the original video crew for AEW. He got booted this week by the new head of creative or I'm sorry, not creative of um, basically their video production creative team. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy named Mike Mansuri, I believe his name is. Okay. Uh, he was the guy who got brought in somewhat recently. He was originally being groomed to be the number two in WWE uh, behind. Um, oh God. What's his Kevin name? Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so he was 
being groomed for that, he left. Then they brought him in. Probably that's when the whole like new dynamite stage and everything else got. Yes. 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 Put yes. Together. And uh, he fired Kevin Sullivan this week. No one knows why. Hmm. Very weird. Very weird. Also, I read something in the observer this week that a, a lot of people internally weren't sure of those two guys who reported to the other. <laughs> So that's always a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Your company don't. I mean, look, this happens in in real life. Uh, At my old job, there was um, three people where they were called the, uh, the, what was it? The senior product manager, lead project manager, and president product management. Okay. I don't know who was the leader of those three. Uh, I would, I would put president at the top, then senior and then lead. That's how I would rank them. And that, that makes sense at the same time, based off of some meetings I was in, they didn't know who was a leader because, uh, <laughs> all of them thought they were. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd be like, yeah, you guys take care of this. I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go yeah. grab a snack. That's 100% <laughs> what it was for me. I'm going to check out while you guys, yeah, are, yeah you guys bicker fine. over that shit. Um, um well, you know, it, it makes you think to circle back to the, the infection and the pus and everything, how much of it had spread, you know, mm-hmm. and it feels like Fair. that's, that sort of. The thing, um, and it's not just the punk friendly camp, like, you know, the rest of RIP Comfarter, um, mm-hmm. who, you know, voice some displeasure. And there's also, you know, the Bucks seem to be kind of part of some of this and their bitchiness yeah. and cattiness. Yeah. And, you know, uh, not to mention the fact that. Uh, apparently Brian Danielson has been put in charge of finding people for talking shit on social media, which I love. Yeah. I, I, I don't blame them for having someone responsible for that. And I think yeah. it's absolutely comical that it's a guy who tries to be on his phone as little as humanly possible. Yes. Yeah. No, it's perfect. I, I've, I've read interviews with him where he's like, he goes up to the young guys and goes, show me your screen time. Show yeah. me how long you've been on your phone today. <laughs> look that that's good that's yeah. that's the step in the right direction and you know to have it be somebody like brian danielson who's pretty much universally loved i mean i yeah. can't really you know uh in in non-kayfabe find somebody who really hates brian danielson yeah, I mean, I, a little bit before we were recording i was reading uh just a, a random blurb from his podcast that got made into a story mm-hmm. kevin nash was talking about the whole story of Danielson being like one of the guys on, on the committee that chose to fire punk. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if Danielson's the guy who says you need to be fired, you fucked up. Right. Because no one has a bad word to say about Brian Danielson. Yeah. Universally considered a level headed, super nice guy. Yeah. And, you know, having him in a position of power is definitely smart. Yes. But what does it then look like below? Uh, we we saw, you know, obviously Jungle Boy got all up in his britches about the CM Punk thing to the point that he is, as far as we know, uh, on suspension still from August. Maybe not. Maybe he's wearing a mask. God, if he's a devil, days. I'm going to be very upset. Uh, you had the whole Sammy Guevara Andrade thing, which reminds me, one of my 
favorite stories of this week. Andrade believes his contract is up next year, but he doesn't know for sure. Brother, read your contract. What are you doing? Right. Uh, that is pretty much what Brian Alvarez said when, when uh, Dave Meltzer was talking about on Wrestling Observer Radio. That he's like, well, he believes his contract's up in the next few months. And Dave Alvarez is like, how do you not know? That's your job to know. You what? should know when you're contracted and when you're when not. When your employment ends, you should yeah. be aware of this. And, you know, Uncle Dave was all like, well, you know, he had uh, he had the injury and the surgery after that. So they might be tacking on time. and. Again, Alvarez is just like, so he should ask. Yeah. Shoot an email <laughs> to fucking whomever is in charge of this these days. Yeah. Good Lord. But instead, you know, just be weirdly shady on Twitter. Well, you know, uh, again, that Lucha Libre mindset of always working yeah. an angle. Like, apparently, was he announced for a match at CMLL or did I yes, miss? Yes. yes. He was announced he's going to be working CMLL. And that actually ties into the whole contract thing. He's going to be working CMLL. Because he's not sure where he's going after the AEW contract, and he wanted to get a run in CMLL in if he's going back to WWE. Okay. And if he's going back to WWE, good luck, Andrade. It went so great last time. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, Papa Paul probably thinks a little higher of you than um, than Vinnie Mac did. But right. again, it's another situation where it's crowded over there, too. Yeah. Uh, and they've I mean, got their pipeline of, you know, NXT's people with random names. Yeah. Uh, that will eventually maybe make their way up. I mean, I will say this this time next year, if he is there, he will undoubtedly be part of the LWO because that's yeah. just what they do. They go, oh, even, even Hunter is, you know, uh, just as just as culpable in this sort of thing. It's like, oh, well, all right, we'll just put all the Hispanics together and one like the LWO right now includes Carlito because they're just like, well, you know, I guess Puerto Rico can be part of all that, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just anyway. Um, there was a video package for Jay White versus Jay Lethal. Unfortunately, they did not reveal the stipulation I was expecting, which was winner gets to be Jay. Yeah. Did not yeah. happen. Um, but uh Jay Lethal talked about how he needed a win. He didn't get one, but he needed one. <laughs> um, Renee Paquette uh, brought out Roddy Strong in the kingdom. And this really just seemed to be a segment built around the idea of having Roddy Strong yell other people's names. Yes. I understand the Adam thing is popular. Yeah. Apparently it's become the new woo or yeah in arenas. But you're fucking it out. Yep. Like it, it, it's not even logical. No. At the beginning when he like yelled at Renee, sure. Fine. Starting the promo that way. I mean, you yeah. know, how long did Ric Flair yell mean? Woo. By God, Gene. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally fine with that. But when he was talking about how MJF is going to stab Samoa Joe. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't and it just sounds sense. bad. Yeah. And then he was like, I'm going to, you know, no longer be held back by my wheelchair. And he sends the wheelchair off, but he's still wearing the dumb glasses and the, the neck brace. Like if that, if that segment was supposed to be, Oh, we should take Roderick strong seriously. Now <clears throat> didn't work. No, the, uh, the best part of that segment was, uh, just hearing kill switch engage his music play. <laughs> so as it is there for most know. of it as, <laughs> uh, Roderick strong's bits. So and like Plus, he kicked me in the chest one time. So fuck him. <laughs> 
Very true. Very true. Again, though, the ebb and the flow of the show. Yeah. Thought Roosh Mox ruled. Then that segment sucked. Then Renee Paquette, after we come back from commercial, <laughs> outside MJF's locker room, wanting to get a word with him before the tag match. And here comes Hangman Adam Page, who, again, doesn't recognize show starts at 8 o'clock. <laughs> with his roller bag. Like, come on, my dude. Look, when, when you have a world title reign under your belt – you can show up with a little that late. comes some perks of, you know, showing up whenever, you know, showing up halfway through your work day, essentially. That's fair. Um, but uh, Renee's talking to him about full gear. Paige cuts this really awesome promo to swerve saying, you know, I might have lost, but I took something from you. You never get back. Basically underlining they're going to be generational rivals, that they, though they may <laughs> not be going against each other again in the immediate that will always be something they come back to, yeah. which I'm totally into. Yeah. Totally with that. And then uh, MJF, who has been a face for months now, is an absolute prick heel to hangman for the next five, 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, they go back and forth. Paige says that he doesn't have 30 minutes for MJF to talk to him. And MJF is something about, you know, it takes me 30 minutes because I have to wake the crowd up after you put them to sleep. <laughs> uh, they have a whole back and forth about, you know, uh, being the champions had against each other. And then Paige gets all mad. He goes up to get in uh, Hangman Adam Page's, or sorry. Uh, yeah, Paige gets MJF. mad in Max's face. Joey Samoe pops in to separate them. And I love, again, they're continuing to build people for Max, although I really want to see Joe win so Max can go get his shoulder worked on or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the idea of Hangman Page and Joe, I'm fucking in for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll watch that match. Yeah, that that I'm more excited for than Max and, and uh, Hangman, although yeah. I'm sure they probably will have a match if not for anything else than to put over MJF is like, you know, the top champion in AEW history or something. Good right. Like that. Then we had Swerve Strickland and Mark Briscoe. Mark Briscoe needed a win here. Otherwise he was going to be mathematically eliminated. Now that meant he still had to work all his matches, but that meant he wouldn't be able to win. It's like being laid off and then having to work the next three weeks. Been there. And, uh, <laughs> I thought this match was fantastic. It was very good. Yeah. Mark um, Briscoe, can, again, like Roosh, um, even though Roosh has more wins, uh, Mark Briscoe's stock definitely raised in the in the singles division here, and I'm, ha- yeah. I'm happy for him. And, and it's also underlined to me that, like, Swerve, Jay White, those guys are definitely going to be main eventers. Yes, yeah. they've had spotlights on them, but it's just really underlined, okay, yeah, they're, they're next stop. Um, there was kind of a funny part where uh, when they were talking about, uh, you know, the, the scoring and that sort of thing, Tony Schiavone said, you know, there are guys here in WCW that want yep. to play spoiler. And Taz is like, oh, this is AEW. Yeah. Well, no, first he made a joke or the AWA throwing Jim <laughs> Ross under the bus. I feel like for as much as I dunk on Jim Ross on this podcast, like those guys dunking on Jim Ross on the, on the air is actually kind of shitty. Yeah, yeah, but also it made me smile. So no, I I get it, but I was like, oh man, that's like 
you know, like I'm a schmuck in my basement who, you know, has no right talking about professional wrestling. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Those are his colleagues. And they're they're talking shit about him on the air. I was like, okay, like, uh, maybe maybe we'll pump the brakes on that. I mean, I, I chuckled and I was like, oh man, that's actually, that actually kind of sucks. I don't, I don't love that. But, uh, Swerve ends up winning, uh, Swerve stomp, uh, and that eliminates Briscoe from possibly winning the yeah. Continental Classic, though we're going to see more from Mark the next few weeks. Renee Paquette, once again, backstage with Mariah May. And um, it is exactly the same thing every yep. time now. Uh, did you know she was in stardom? Did you know that did. she's going to debut eventually? Did mm-hmm. you know she likes Tony Storm? Yep. Knew all these things. And then we had what was supposed to be MJF and Joey Samoa against two of the random dudes that the devil hangs out with. That's their full name, by the way. The devil dudes? Yes. The, the devil dudes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Samoa Joe makes his way out to the ring. The lights go out and then uh, things start blinking and Joey Samoa goes into full on. I've been on a peacock show acting mode. <laughs> oh, there's lights. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there's a whole bunch of the henchmen ringside. They're surrounding Joe and uh, the lights go out again. They're not there. And then the devil appears on the screen. And MJF is backstage unconscious, having been hit over the head with a beer bottle. Yes. Yes. Uh, Joe runs to the back and that's the last we heard about it all week. Oh, fun. Okay. Just dangling a thread there for you. The world champion got knocked unconscious in theory with a beer bottle and that'll be Wednesday's problem, man. I, I need this to end. This is we've, we've nuked the fridge at this point. Um, I did see somebody post a photo of one of the, um, spooky minions outside Mm -hmm. and the way this person was, um, kind of moving around, was very much akin to one Kyle O'Reilly's oh, uh, unique nice. movements. Uh, so that's another, add another name to the possible list of people involved in this whole situation here. Very cool. Well, you know what? Considering Tony Khan had to, had to go ahead and do press this week where he's like, look, Hey, we aren't paying Ric Flair. Ric Flair is basically paying us to be on television with this woo energy. Hey, that uh, doesn't help your case here, Tony. No, it doesn't. But I can't wait for O'Reilly Auto Parts to start paying for Kyle O'Reilly's <laughs> weekly appearances on Dynamite. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> so we, then we, so we had the low of the devil shit, and then uh-huh. we came back, and John Moxley cuts this awesome promo about how. He's going to win the cotton oil classic because quote, bitch, I'm the ace of the world. <laughs> hey, let's go. Loved that. And uh, so you think it's Swerve and Mox in the finals or Swerve and Jay White? Well, Swerve and Mox are going to be going against each other this coming Wednesday. Uh, so they may face each other again, you know, right. after the, the points are tied. Because right, you have to face everybody in the, right. in the tournament. So, uh, But at some point, you know, in the block uh, finals. The block finals, we'll have to see who's there. It could be Mox and Swerve. I think Swerve winning here and then going against someone like a Jay White or someone else might actually be more impressive in the end Mm -hmm. because Jay White and Swerve's match was awesome. Although Mox and Swerve's probably be very good because Swerve pops up in this promo. He gets up in his shit. He cuts a very good promo. He's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. Mox, without hitting or missing a beat, just goes, yeah, me too. 
which I just loved. Well, uh, yeah. Plus, Mox has been on record f- multiple times talking about how much he really enjoys, uh, really likes Swerve and loved Killshot. Yes, Killshot so, is his favorite luchador. So. Yes, yeah. Uh, then we had an intro from Turner Classic Movies' own Ben Mankiewicz. Uh, just beside myself with this. There is a niche in a niche in a niche <laughs> in terms of the audience yeah, for who hi. this is for. It's it me. Is, I'm the tr- yeah. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> it's us. It's RJ City. Yeah. I was practically doing the Homer whoops on my floor in my living room <laughs> as this was going on. Um, <laughs> he does this whole grandiose intro about how, quote, every generation a performer comes along that redefines what it means to be human. Yeah. Uh, Just absurd. You know, RJ City wrote this. This is very much in his voice. Uh, v- very much so. Uh, he wraps up by saying every slammer pile driver paints a picture and with that, chin up, chest out, and watch for the shoe. Can't yep. get him to say tits. He's too. No, that's okay. Yeah, he's got a he's got a, a historic pedigree that he has to hold up, hold the standard to hold himself to here. Very much so. And then that led into timeless Tony Storm against Sky Blue. Um, fun match. There was a bunch of shenaniganry with Luther on the outside. Uh, they they now have uh, a bit where basically uh, Luther holds up Tony. And basically it's like they do a, almost a doomsday device off the apron to the floor mm-hmm. on it. So sky blue got fucked up in this match to say yeah. the least, which really adds to the whole, she's serious now and spooky. So she got chumped in her first real <laughs> title match. Sorry. you be spooky girl. You do you post match. Tony storm is celebrating. And then random cheesy, probably from a uh a stock music library techno music starts playing and here comes Riho for her annual title shot <laughs> it's like worked in her contract and that's, that's the only appearances she get is yeah. uh is to to lead up and uh, have that match it's good yeah. for her get your money girl Look, i'm all for Riho versus tony storm sure i'm sure it'll be fine yeah but can we can we have something with her like the rest of the year yeah. It can't just be Hikaru Shida carrying this entire division. Like we, we need more people who are good. Well, if you ask the recently fine Britt Baker, uh, we know who <laughs> she thinks it might should be. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, they announced an entire Canada tour for next year, starting in April and uh, going oh, Canada. Yeah. Uh, starting in April, then they've got some shows in May and then shows in July, which considering how few people showed up for collision on Tuesday night, I wish them the best of luck. Calgary show going to be fire. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Cause the flames, um, Calgary flames. That's I understood. The reference. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> then uh, they had a video package putting over the main event, Christian cage and Adam Copeland had a whole bunch of like photos from their childhood. Really, really good video package, which is why it's great. They fired the guy who made it. Um, <laughs> I just love the, uh, you know, years from, I don't know, 1997 through 2000 <laughs> 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 missing. <laughs> yeah. They cut it right out of like a TCM movie too. Uh-huh. So that, that Mankiewicz connection really paid off twice yep, in one week. Yep. Um, so Jay White and Jay lethal really fun match. 
as as loath as I am to give credit to Jay Lethal, he was very very good here. Um, both guys were you know trying to to mess with each other. Uh, really clever inversions of like their normal spots. Uh, the the lethal injection must have gotten blocked or reversed three or four times in this match, but not in that sort of. Uh, ballet type way way. yeah Yeah. it it all had a good snap to it jay wins though so uh uh, yes uh jay (laughs) Jay white yes um and and i will say i thought it was interesting during the match there were dueling chants for thank you jay let's go jay and i just want to say guys if you all want to cheer for jay white at the same time you can do it together you don't need to split the crowd (laughs) You can be unified in your love of Jay White. It's, it's a good okay. thing this show wasn't in Toronto, because uh, then one of them would have come out in uh, in blue, and you had Blue Jays. So Jay White won, <laughs> and that means Jay Lethal is also mathematically eliminated. I really thought when they were talking about Mark being possibly mathematically eliminated against Swerve, oh, yeah. Mark's going to get his first win here. Nope. Nope. So then... Considering they did that, and they were talking about Jay Lethal being in the same thing. I'm like, ah, shit, Jay, what, Jay Lethal is going to get his first win here over Jay White. Nope. nope. <laughs> Both removed from the mix. Good. Uh, then uh, we had the main event, which was Christian Cage and Adam Copeland for the TNT title. It was very good. And then the shenanigans began. What? I... Is Tony Khan like in love with Mama Wayne or something? Like, how is she getting all this TV time? Because she kind of sucks. Yeah, I have I have no idea. Um, but uh, long story short, uh, Bryce gets bumped, then kicked right in the balls by yeah. Christian. Now they were clever enough to have Christian kick him in the balls from behind. So Bryce didn't know technically who punted him in the nuts. Sure. Yeah. Cause that's definitely in the oeuvre of uh, Adam Copeland uh, these days in this iteration of the character to just punt somebody in the gonads. Did you not see the Adam Copeland slug those nuts t-shirt on pro wrestling tees.com <laughs> slug those nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's really trying to make it his next big thing. Sure. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> well, anyway, when uh, Bryce was trying to figure out what was going on with his boys, uh, Shayna Wayne comes out and I'm going, ah, shit. Yep. They're having their turn heel because of reasons. Now they did kind of give some logic in, in, you know, the whole outrage commentary about how, you know, Shayna Wayne saw her son get concertoed by Adam Copeland and all of that. Yeah, but her son was being a shit. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> fuck your kid, man. Like, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, Christian ends up uh, winning. Then uh, I'm just saying Helen Hart would never. <laughs> very true. Um, <laughs> but uh, to wrap up the show and, and they were running to get to the finish for this because I guess they did not have as long of an overrun as they had in prior weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian ends up putting Adam Copeland's head under the title, then stomps on it. Mm-hmm. So uh uh, Adam Copeland's neck is all fucked up. Uh, so that, that'll well, be the story going into what I assume will be a cage match at uh, world's end. I, don't, I can't imagine them signing up for a ladder match at this point. So yeah, no, no that's a <laughs> terrible idea. Yeah. Uh, but then that brought us to a show that I suppose some people were waiting for. Not it. It was Rampage and that was filmed after dynamite so okay 
chronologically we went collision dynamite rampage right in in continuity of course dynamite rampage collision um not a lot to talk about on the show beyond the main event which was fantastic uh, and okay. i also want to give credit to probably the most rolling the dice uh commentary team possible as the commentary team for rampage on wednesday was ian riccoboni tony shivani and matt menard wow okay like i'm for it they were fun together but definitely random um arch cassidy uh beat and helico with the international title on the line match was fine uh dan Housen uh seconded uh orange cassidy for that one okay uh abaddon defeated trisha dora as we are continuing on the random abaddon push uh, sure match Makes julia hart happy. pops up and uh lays the title at abaddon's feet they went to then pick up the belt but the lights went out and then julia hart and the belt were gone so, who's spookier i know right uh, we had a video package for the Mercedes Martinez Willow Nightingale match, which was going to be on collision the next night, even though it happened a few nights earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanatsuke Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs beat former Ring of Honor tag champions Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel. So that's where Takeshita is. Why the fuck wasn't he in the Continental Classic? Great question. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, they showed the video of Dante Martin's injury again. Jesus Christ. Which is just like... Is this a situation where Tony's just calling people into the boardroom and be like, hey, look at it. It happened again. Like, <laughs> just constantly showing to people on his phone. Anyway, that led to Renee Paquette uh, interviewing Top Flight and Action Andretti, Dante Martin accepting the challenge for the trios match that Penta put out last week. Okay. Uh, and then the main event was uh, Brian Danielson and uh, Daniel Garcia. In, oh, they put that on Rampage? They put that on Rampage. Continental Classic match. It was really fucking good. Well, they, sure it was. Daniel they, Garcia and Brian Danielson. They grapple fucked the shit out of each other. Yeah. Uh, which, which one would expect. Uh, Garcia also is wearing his, uh, you know, standard tights and towel. Like he was, he's throwing it back basically to when he good. beat Danielson. Um, that said, there was a, a moment where he got lost in doing the dance. And uh, that ultimately led to his downfall. LaBelle lock uh, followed by forearms uh, gets the finish. Garcia passes out. So Garcia has got a big goose egg in the tournament. Mm -hmm. Then last night we had a collision, which was of course taped and uh, good show. The, the continental classic matches on here have been very good. Much like last week I I did watch, um, uh, Brody King and Claudio from last week and then mm-hmm. uh, Danielson and Kingston. Fantastic. Especially yeah. Kingston Danielson. Uh, it, I I will just say, if you haven't watched that, go out of your way to make time for it. It's very, very good. I've got some, uh, some down. I had a very busy week last week, so I didn't get the chance to, to catch up on much, uh, much, much lighter workload this week. So I'll oh, probably be catching up on some of these continental classic matches there. Show kicked off with Eddie Kingston against Claudio Casagnoli in the Blue League. Eddie gets his first victory, beating Claudio. They Hell yeah! Match, uh, and it was uh, called out as the longest Continental Classic match so far. They went to a three-minute uh, remaining okay. draw. So um, there's going to be a draw eventually. Maybe yeah. maybe that's the swerve Mox angle is they finally do the draw on those two. 
Well, it's interesting you say that because they had a promo from quote unquote from Dynamite, John Moxley saying he wasn't afraid of Roosh and you know he wasn't concerned about Swerve. He told Swerve to pack a lunch because it's gonna be a long night. There you go. Now maybe that's just a turn of phrase, but also it could be an indication that they're gonna go to a draw, which yeah. would then make sense for them to be the finals. Right. Um Hook was backstage with Renee Paquette who is uh, being asked about issues with Wheeler Yuta. Yuta comes up, says Hook's a paper champ. I guess. Well, I mean, it's not even an officially recognized title. So right. that's the angle. But uh, Hook talked about how Yuta cheated to uh, win the pure title. So Yuta challenges Hook to a match under FTW rules, which, as we all know, consists of the following rules. Chris, take it away. Um, there are no rules. I guess I, I have no, I have legitimately okay. no idea what okay. FTR rules right. I thought I was missing something here. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, we'll have an FTR or FTR. You know what? Fuck it. They'll have an FTR rules match. It has yeah. to be a closing segment from a Bret Hart WWF title defense from the mid nineties. That, well, that, that's for, that's for FTR bald for FTR ass. It's, you know, how quick can you uh, pistol whip somebody? Exactly. Or you just yeah. got to shoot on a guy. Um, yeah. Will Nightingale defeated Marci- Mar- Mercedes Martinez. Uh, post-match, uh, Diamante came out, and then uh, Martinez and Diamante both um, jumped Willow Nightingale. Diamante pulled out a pipe, which, I mean, that's Riho's. Give it back to her. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was Hagar's from uh, Final Fight. Well, that's who it started with. Okay. He passed okay. on to his illegitimate Japanese daughter, Riho. Yeah, I see. I see. She was going to be called Riho Hager, but, you know, it, it, it caused some confusion backstage. Well, yeah, because she also had a hat that yeah. she liked. So yeah. it was just a, a lot of different uh, hat, hats more, on hats. Hers was a bit more of a Preakness style hat versus a bucket <laughs> hat. But yeah, I, I digress. Uh, Chris Natlander came out with, from the crowd with a chain. So I guess we're going to have another random uh, ladies tag match that's filled with blood Plunder. and weapons. So. Yeah. Um. Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, and Jake Hager were backstage with uh, Renee Paquette. Uh, Renee was asking about 2.0 wrestling in their hometown. Hager, though, wanted to yell more about how Danhausen stole his hat. And uh, he told Menard and Parker he wasn't going to be joining them at ringside. Because he's so distraught over the hat? I guess. Um, Brother, it's a piece of fabric. Then 2.0 cut this big baby face promo about, you know, they're going to add their names to the list of Montreal greats. Uh, and then oh, there that's was, right. They're Canadian. Yes. And there was stuff with Ruby Soho, Soraya, and now who I guess is a, a, an outcast on a J. And uh, that's when I started to fall asleep a little bit. I was going to say, Swerve you're not selling me on collision. <laughs> Swerve Strickland was on TV. Uh, okay. He had his post-match promo on Dynamite, talking about the match with John Moxley, talking about how he's leading the Continental Classic. He's running the wrestling industry and, quote, save this footage for after I win the world title. Okay. Which, great line there. Yeah. Um, Wardlow practically committed homicide on Willie Mack. Oh, thanks for coming, Big Will. Yeah. Um, did not go well for him. Big Willie style was not all in it. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Uh, then we had a video package on the history between FTR and House of Black. House uh, of Black. A replay of Big Bill and Ricky Starks beating up Chris Jericho, which in and of itself is becoming the Dante Martin clip of its day. Sure. So, Where has uh, Big Bill and uh, Ricky been? Have they been? Uh, well, well, Large William and uh, Ricky Starks actually popped up 
after the main event here. I see. Or sorry, the semi-main event. Uh, as was Kenny Omega and Ethan Page. Kenny Omega did win. Uh, you don't but, say. But post-match, Big Bill sneaks up on uh, Kenny Omega and uh, beats him up. Oh, because they already beat up Jericho. Now they're beating up Omega because the Golden Jets is still a fucking thing for some reason. Yeah, yeah. That, of course, beloved duo that everyone calls. Did you – I don't know if this was a new um, – podcast but it was from the jericho sh- uh, podcast mm-hmm. and it was a clip and uh, maybe this was, it was definitely taken out of context but however the words said were the words said uh it was something along the lines jericho talking about how in the um in, in a fit of rage he could understand somebody killing their wife that's fantastic <laughs> that's just great I was like, like you're not doing this on a live stream. You do have the ability to cut that out in post. Or, you know, this this is it. We, we're going to start turning the public perception of Chris Benoit around in Year of Our Lord 2023. It's time. Chris it Benoit? Uh, yeah, sorry. Chris oh, Benoit. I got you. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it, it, is, it is time for us to just reconsider the Benoit murders and really think of them as justifiable homicides. Look, there, I'm sure, is a pocket of the the internet. I can't can't wait for that turn of phrase for me just now. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Who am I kidding? No one cuts out anything we do. Nobody listens. (laughs) You're screaming into the digital void right here, my guy. Uh, You know, it's just a ploy for me to just talk to you for a couple hours every Sunday because I miss you, man. That's all this is. Hey, good news. You know, we got uh, on the Patreon coming up. We got our our, what will probably be our last uh, um, divided for the year. So we're up that dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think I I owe you at least one other right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. CJ Perry was backstage with Lexi Nair. Perry was talking about uh, Andrade's accomplishments, how uh, he's going to beat Brian Danielson in the main event. Miro enters the scene. He's all grumpy because CJ Perry is continuing to disobey him, basically saying she needs to go back into the kitchen and make him food. I just want to say, I know there's people, we were just talking about like Takeshita, uh-huh. who isn't in the tournament. And Brian Danielson did an interview this week where he said he really wanted Kenny Omega in the continental classic, but he wasn't, I guess, cause he's stuck in the Jericho zone. Yeah. Thanks a lot. We all know ruins careers. Um, Miro not being in it. That does not turn the tide of the theory that he was on the shelf for as long as he was. Cause he didn't want to lose. That's fair. I mean, you know, unless there's a big push involved in, in the plans for him, which it doesn't seem like there is, he would be a Mark Briscoe type of somebody to oh, take yeah. some L's here. And you, obviously, I know you. This is why Toriano and people like that are in G ones because mm-hmm. you need people to take L's. Um, you need people to take L's and also people to give guys kind of a night off. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no that that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I guess maybe increasing the field. It, I mean, I don't know. Like. I, I don't yeah. know what the fix is, uh, you know, and the matches that we've gotten have been very good, but I feel like when it was first announced, I had a, some higher expectations. Right, right. You would have thought that a Hangman page. Or a G1. I wanted a G1. Yeah, exactly. You would have thought there would have been some bigger names in the mix. Um, although this is G minus one. Yeah, yeah. It's a C2. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yes, it's raised the stock of some guys. Like sure. in a quote unquote G1 style Continental Classic, Mark Briscoe would not have been in there. Right. And his stock has been raised so much from his performances here. Right. I don't know that a Roosh would have made it. Same story. Yes, probably still Swerve and Jay White and and what have you and, yeah. and building them up. But uh, yeah, just interesting to think about in an alternate reality if it was just a full on G1 style blowout, what that would have looked like. Yeah. Or had you brought over Shingo to do all these matches would have been. Fucking hell, man. Come on. Tamatanga ain't worth your time, Shingo. I know it's in front of the dome, but you know that shit's going to be 25% full. Come on. When's your contract up, Shingo? Yeah. Come on. Follow yeah, a little over. Look, run, run the whole trilogy back in AEW. Look, for the Shingo, my dude, instead of wrestling in front of 20,000 people in front of the Tokyo Dome, how about a brisk 2,500 in cold as fuck Canada? How do you feel about that? <laughs> Do it for us. Two white guys you don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I bought your t-shirt at the 2300 Arena ones. (laughs) From high spots, so you might not have seen that money. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Commander Commander and Penta had a match with 2.0 that was very good. I mean, Uh, Penta's in the match, so of course it is. Yeah, uh, but Commander actually is starting to figure out how to do things between the flips. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, getting a little, you know, peanut butter with the jelly, if you will. Is Phoenix still stuck in limbo somewhere? Yes, yes. Uh, he and Daryl Strawberry are both. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It was Ozzy Smith. Oh, Ozzy Smith. Ozzy Smith was falling through the void. Daryl had the, uh, yeah, yeah, the the giant head. Yeah, no, that was. Yeah, the JD McDonough. Wasn't that. A... <laughs> that was King Griffey Jr., wasn't it? <laughs> Turns out I don't remember what happened to each individual baseball player in uh, the 1992 classic. We're talking softball here. Come on. Mattingly and Conseco. Uh, Commander Penta won that, by the way. (laughs) You don't say. We had a video package putting over the final battle match. Final battle, by the way, Friday night. Oh, is Uh, it? (laughs) Yeah. Putting over the match between Keith Lee and Shane Taylor. They had a sit down interview with the two of them that went like a minute and 40 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Compact. Not a lot of time to make that work. However, Keith Lee shows up for this promo. I don't know if he went to a Steve Harvey remainder sale, (laughs) but he has the most exquisite white pinstripe suit on. This is amazing. If you haven't seen it, like Google it. Uh, it, it is, it is incredible him in this suit. I, I, I was ready to just like have him host the feud from now on. It was uh, he went to uh, uh, um, Wilson Fisk's Taylor. <laughs> yes, yes, he got the Michael Clark Duncan. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> whatever, motherfucker. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then the main event was Andrade El Idolo against Brian Danielson. <laughs> Uh, Andrade wins after going after the eye, the eye patch was taken off and, uh, they did a whole bit where, uh, Andrade was pulling at the scar. So his eye started yeah. bleeding, uh, or rather the, the spot around his eye started yeah, bleeding. Yeah. Um, but this was the part where it's like, okay, you're being a little too winky, right? So in kayfabe, the, the injury occurred from Okada hitting the rainmaker in that match in Philadelphia. In reality, it was because during a lockup previous Saturday against Andrade, Andrade did the spot where like you're in the lockup and then you throw the elbow up Mm -hmm. and he 
throw it up a little too hard and it got him in the eye. So they re-ran that spot in the match uh. to be like, eh, remember the injury? However, he's not the guy who did the injury. Right. Okay, Fabe. And well, it's like, <laughs> like we said earlier, AEW yeah. fans are very inside and, yeah. you know, it's just kind of a, kind of a weird choice, but, uh, the Blackpool combat club, uh, after the match, cause Andrade won with the hammerlock DDT, uh, Blackpool Cl- combat club comes out to check on Danielson and then Andrade and Claudio get up in each other's ass. Cause I think they're probably going to next match. Although you wouldn't know, cause they announced nothing for collision next week. Okay. Not right. a, a single goddamn match. Maybe a big dynamite on the way this week. Well, it, it is because it is winter is coming. Oh, that's uh, the first time I heard of that. Yes. Uh, winter is coming. It's going to be this week uh, uh, and it's going to have some big time continental classic matches in the gold league. It's going to be John Moxley versus swerve. Hell yeah. Roosh versus Jay lethal somewhere. Delirious is remembering <laughs> the golden days of late 2010s ring of honor and jerking off furiously. Uh, Roosh the- was in ring of honor. Oh, that's right. He, he was this a fucking champ, but we saw him lose the belt to Bandito. That's right. I was, I, I had the wrong time period thinking about Ring of Honor. I was thinking of like the Du Burns era of Ring of yeah. Honor. Like Roosh wasn't there then. It was the Sinclair era. We're getting Jay White versus Mark Briscoe. So we're going to be uh, running that back from a few weeks ago, which is mm-hmm. very, very good. Hangman Page versus Roddy Strong, which again, probably going to be decent. But uh, how you book that match? Shenanigans? Probably devil bullshit if I'm honest. God damn it. Riho against Ruby Soho, where basically the winner gets to have their name start with an R and end with an O. Loser loses those losers. So sorry to Ubi So. Um, the Von Eric family. If I could have not laughed at that, can I edit that laugh out? <laughs> I'm not good at no selling jokes like you are. You no sell the fuck out of me. <laughs> Sorry, it's a learned trait from years of doing it on stage. I apologize. <laughs> that reminds me, Super Air Fight Flying V tickets on sale. Um, Super Air Uh, the Von Eric family will be there. <laughs> Okay. What's Presumably left <laughs> because the show's in Dallas and the Iron, Iron Claw, Claw comes, comes out, out next week. However, wasn't announced in advance and they haven't said anything about the movie. So great work really bolstering that local attendance, guys. I'm just it's, we're just one step closer to that uh, you know, AEW A twenty four working relationship here. Let's go. I, I I would love to see it happen. Um, apparently Max's role got very heavily edited out of the movie, is what I heard. To be fair, Kevin Von Eric is the Tito of the family. Like <laughs> there's not a lot of there there. <laughs> Or Lance, whichever one he is. He's, he's, not, he's not important. Sure. Um, like it's, it's basically, oh, yeah, he was there, too. Right, right, uh, right. His last uh, name's also Von Eric. <laughs> which is funny because it's none of their legal last names. Well, um, Joey Samoe will hear from him and we'll also hear from the Golden Jets. Great. Because that'll be a thing. So just to recap, here's where we are currently in the standings of the Continental Classic. Andrade El Idolo, Brody King, and Brian Danielson, three-way tie for the top in the Blue League. With six points each? Six points each. Uh, uh, Danielson has his first loss, but of course Mm -hmm. he got the extra win against uh, Daniel Garcia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Claudio and Eddie are tied with three apiece, and Daniel Garcia has a big goose egg. He's probably be the one to play spoiler on somebody. If yeah. I'm, I'm going to point out anyone there. And then in the gold league uh, at the top, you've got Mox and swerve tied with nine. 
Jay White behind them with six. I assume that Jay is going to uh, win his match against Mark Briscoe this week, which will tie him up with whoever loses between Swerve and John Moxley. Or they'll each get Swerve and Moxley each get one point for a draw. Ah, fair point. And they'll still be tied in the lead. Fair. Uh, Roosh, three points. And then, of course, Jay Lethal, Mark Briscoe with the goose eggs. I don't know what matches are going to be running on Saturday. I can't recall off the top of my head which ones are open and available, uh, but you know we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Or more likely, we won't watch it and talk about it anyway, because that's <laughs> how we do things here at the Rough House Podcast. <laughs> the Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Hey guys, Justin here from the Rough House Podcast, and as you know, recently I accidentally got someone pregnant and have to have a family. Now, I want you to go ahead and walk a path that I'm not going to be able to. Life, freedom, the decision to do what you want, when you want. That's off the table for me. Not for you. In the event that you happen to screw up like I do, I'd like to invite you to the Suplex Warehouse. Myself, Brock Lesnar, will go ahead and take you and whatever individual in your life that you never planned on being with into the back, and we'll just suplex them for 45 minutes to an hour. Broken neck, broken back, broken spine, doesn't matter. Suplex Warehouse is here for you to clean up after your mess. No pun intended. Should have ended up on the sheets. The Suplex Warehouse has a variety of suplexes. Everything from a fisherman suplex, belly-to-belly suplex, snap suplex. Hell, we'll just swing a metal bar at someone's back. Whatever we can do to take care of you and to get you back on track to that life you planned on living, but because you goofed up in someone's hoo-hoo, was taken off the shelf. The Suplex Warehouse. Eat, sleep, conquer, get back on your feet.